0: Hello listeners, before we get to this week's episode, Pete and I want to let you know that we are facilitating the Real Skills Conference for Akimbo on May 14th from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. So if you want to see our actual faces and hear our voices at the same time, we hope that you will join us at the Real Skills Conference. Pete, tell them more.
1: All right, so we're releasing this episode on the 11th of May and registrations for the Real Skills Conference actually close on the 12th of May. So time is of the essence. So if you want to come along and join us, get in quick, head over to thelongandtheshortpodcast.com slash realskills and you can register there. We hope to see you there. And for now, enjoy this week's episode.
0: Hello, Peter Shepard.
1: Hello, Jen Wollman.
0: I had a really amazing experience this week that mm-hmm. led to a half-baked aha moment, uh-huh. which I'm hoping you can help me finish baking.
1: <laughs> Is that an <laughs> ah it, moment?
0: It, <laughs> it's an ah moment. <laughs> I'm hoping you can help me get to the ha And it's really around the power of being inside someone else's story.
1: The power of being inside someone else's story. All right, all right, all right. I think I follow, but I think I'll need to hear more context. This is The Long and the Short of It.
0: Okay, how are we going to know if we get to the ha? I feel like we need, like, I don't know, a bell or like a a whistle or angels singing or something. Some sort of gong. (laughs) Okay, so here's the awe moment. To commemorate the one year moment of our studio community moving from an in person community to a virtual community, Mm -hmm. a bunch of my clients, team members, Artistic colleagues, totally unbeknownst to me, contributed a personal story to a collection that was delivered to me last week called Stories from the Studio, The Early Years, which is hilarious because, you know, that's the first 15 years, the early years. (laughs) And I was gobsmacked, truly gobsmacked, to read these stories of people recounting the most important moments that we had together in their artistic journeys. Mm -hmm. So here is the ah moment. (laughs) (laughs) I remember some of these stories like really, really clearly. For example, one of my clients tells the story of the moment we had together when five years of training came together In an instant, in what we called the slingshot moment, it was like for five years, she was pulling back the slingshot, and then all of a sudden, she released, and she broke through every single barrier, every obstacle, all in one moment. It was miraculous. I remember crying. I remember every feeling in my body when this happened, and she details that story, and I'm reading it going like, yes, I remember. I was there. It was so amazing. You're right. It's impactful. And then some of these stories, I don't remember at all, Mm. but they were incredibly impactful to the people who were in the story. And I recognize the situation. I recognize the words that were said. Mm -hmm. But if you had asked me to detail the most impactful moment I had with some of these folks, I would have chosen a totally different story. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. the ah moment which is starting to crystallize into a ha is that in every moment you have the potential to be in the story that someone else might say was the moment their life changed mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. just like whoa
1: i had a feeling you were going to say as you were sharing and i couldn't remember some of these moments i just had a feeling yeah I mean, it goes to something you've taught me a lot, which is everything has storytelling value, mm-hmm. you know, that everybody's experience is the potential for a story and that within a story, obviously, you have characters. And so, we have the potential to be characters within those stories or catalysts in your case in these examples. I think about this as it relates to leadership or a leader where I don't know if it's a quote or just this idea that how you are when you think no one is watching is kind of like the ultimate sign of who you are as a leader or when you think no one's watching, that's the moment that people are paying the most attention. There's some idea Mm -hmm. around that. Maybe I'll try and find a resource in the box of goodies. But I've often thought about that idea of who you are when you think no one is watching is kind of really the crux of where you're leading or who you are as a leader, I think. And then it reminds me of, I know these are sort of jumping around a bit, but I'll just throw them out there. It reminds me of that five-minute TED Talk that I've mentioned probably four times on this podcast mm. about the lollipop and yes. a professor at a school who goes around on open day. I think I'm probably butchering it and gives about a bunch of lollipops and he has this one particular really, really, really compelling and profound story where a student comes back to him years and years and years later and is like, you probably don't remember me, I was super uncomfortable. I was really awkward. I didn't want to be there. I probably wasn't going to go to the school. I was going to like, you know, and you saw me and you gave me a lollipop and it profoundly changed the way that I showed up. And in doing so, you introduced me to someone. Guess what? We're married. We have a kid. Like it was this whole beautiful story. Again, I'll put that in the box of goodies. And he didn't even remember it. And so... I just, like, I really, I'm obsessed with and curious about that, but also it's kind of like, it's almost scary in a way where you're like, oh, (laughs) like there's a lot of pressure on every place that I go, every person that I talk to now, because it might just be the moment.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, what's so funny is, so like the people who contributed stories to this gift, these are people I have very intimate relationships with. Like these are people I feel really close to. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I didn't know we had a story. I just mm. thought we had a different story. Interesting. Like, <laughs> Ooh. I just randomly opened to a page in this, and I see a picture of me with this unbelievable artist, Amara Brady. And Amara tells a story about an interaction we had in the studio that led to – the creation of her amazing web series, which is called Skinny and White Are Not Character Traits. In this paper, I'll explain. I will put a link in the box of goodies because it's so brilliant. So that's the moment she chose to recall. When I think about moments I've had with Amara, a very particular moment Mm. comes up when she gave me some very real, very honest feedback about giving me and my studio a second chance. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was the moment that bound us to each other. But it Mm -hmm. was this moment, and I didn't know. And my guess is she has no idea that if I had to tell a story about our most impactful moment, I would choose the one I just mentioned. It's kind of mind-blowing.
1: Yeah, it really is. It really is. And I mean, I feel like every episode... (laughs) These days, I try and tie this back to empathy, but I'm going to try and tie this back to empathy because, or maybe it's more sonder, which we've done an episode on, and then that leads to empathy, which is like the profound moment where you realize that everybody else has a different worldview. Everybody else has a noise in their head. Everybody else is going through life with this rich and complicated series of emotions, stories, ideas, experiences that shape how they view their world. And I just feel like this is such a brilliant reminder of that. If you have the two same characters who have been part of the same overarching story, which is you and Amara connecting together and doing some work in the studio. But the catalyst for when that really clicked is entirely different for both characters, which is just so wild. It's so wild. That's such a healthy reminder of empathy that no one else has the thoughts that you have in your head No one believes what you believe to the same degree. No one loves what you love, cares about what you care about in the same way as you do, that we're all just like so individual and unique in our beliefs, fears, stories, and experiences.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I'm gonna turn this in a slightly different direction. Mm -hmm. So this collection of stories, of moments I have been fortunate enough to be a part of, is such an incredible learning tool. You know, we talk a lot about pulling on threads and tugging out themes from related experiences or parallel experiences. And like I'm holding in my hand, basically amazing an entire study and, and, So it made me think a couple things. One, this is probably the greatest gift you could give someone. So if you listeners have someone in your life Mm -hmm. that you want to lift up, consider putting together a collection of stories from different people who have interacted with that person Mm -hmm. that people found to be special or impactful is such an incredible gift. And I also was like, oh, my gosh, this is basically the reflected best self exercise in the form of of a gift. So for those of you who are like, what's the reflected best self exercise, Adam Grant talks about this, I'll post it in the box of goodies. Pete does this every year at the end of the year. It's basically you ask people to tell you a story about when you were operating at your best in their presence. Mm -hmm. And then you look at all the stories you collect from these various trusted sources and you pull on the themes and you determine who are you when you're at your best? What is your reflected, best self. And I basically have now, I mean, thousands of words that I can look for the themes. And Mm -hmm. I started doing a little analyzing. And I realized that there are probably some hows in here that I would not have landed on as how I am showing up when I'm operating at my best, that it's made me realize I need to do a how refresh. And get mm. my action statements in alignment with my new learnings.
1: Hmm. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. A little how refresh.
0: Also, apparently, I scream at people a lot. Like, <laughs> 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 there are so many stories in here where people are like, and then I did my piece, and then it got really quiet, and then Jen shouted. <laughs> And in some cases it says I'm banging on the table. Like more than one person said I was banging on the table and like screaming at them. Positive things, positive things.
1: (laughs) Good (laughs) screaming, good banging. Apparently
0: I get like these violent outbursts.
1: (laughs) Mm. I mean, I wonder if there's even a learning in that. I would interpret that a positive banging of the table or a positive like screaming and shouting of like, yes. That to me is like, I see you is essentially what you're saying. Like, I see what you just did and it caused me to have this reaction. Like, you need to know that this created such a reaction in me. Like, I see you and your gifts. And I feel like that's, you know, if we talk about some of the work that Brene Brown does where she talks about the fact that basically humans are hardwired to want to feel connection, feel belonging, feel seen and feel heard and feel understood and feel loved. Like, you're almost tapping into, in these examples, what folks are hardwired to value. And so, it's no wonder that's the thing they remember. Yeah. And then I wonder if the reason it's different, this is me just really just thinking out loud, is because in those examples that they've shared with you, it's when you saw them. And maybe in the examples you remember of others, it's when they saw you.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, think, I think you're right. Lately, I've been using uh, this quote that I love to define what we're seeking when we are seeking empathy. And I'm sure I've quoted it on this podcast before. It's not that people want to be seen it's that people want to be seen the way they see themselves Mm. and empathy is seeing someone the way they're asking you to see them or the way they wish to be seen. And so it makes a lot Mm -hmm. of sense that someone would say, it's the moment when Jen <laughs> starts screamed banging up. on the table, screaming, when are we going to deal with your greatness? <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, the moments I remember are the ones where I felt seen. Yes, that makes so much sense. Holy cow.
1: Hmm. I'm not sure what to do with that other than I just was observing it. I think in the Amara story that you shared in particular, you know, her example is one where you saw her and I think I know the story you're talking about it the other way around, which is when she saw you and the studio and was like, here's a great opportunity.
0: Yes. So you earlier you were like, oh gosh, it's <laughs> it could be a burden to in every moment be like, I'm paraphrasing you, of course, yeah, but yeah. to be like, wow, this could be the moment someone's life changes forever. And I'm kind of asking myself, like, how do you remove the burden part of that and instead just make sure that in every moment you are fully showing up with your values intact like living out your values Mm. so that those moments can be created if they're possible then they can happen because you are showing up fully in integrity with your values it feels very values based to me that's kind of like Like I said, I'm not fully at the ha yet, but I'm at the ah.
1: We're so close. I thought I might have got you over the (laughs) line there with that that little connection there. So, I agree there's something in the values and I think there's definitely something in the showing up. I I go back to something I shared earlier this year and maybe late last year in the podcast where a friend of mine, Mark Dompkins, basically said to me a version of, what if showing up is enough? Because I was questioning, Mm. I'm doing this thing, I'm showing up here, I'm helping people there, I'm doing this, but I don't feel like I'm doing enough. This was right around the time of the pandemic really kicking into gear about a year ago. What I see now is I was trying to control all these things that were outside my control. And so what I hear in what Mark said, what if showing up is enough, is go back to the thing that you can control, which is how you show up for others. And for me, that was the reminder I needed to I think what you're saying Basically, be that catalyst or be that person or give yourself an opportunity to even be that person to help others by going back to what you can do, which is be in alignment with your values, show up. And for me, that's ask questions, hold space, be curious, be generous, be empathetic.
0: Yeah, I just went and pulled up a thank you email I sent to the folks who had put this together. And reading it back, I'm realizing it's possible that I already put words to the aha moment in my thank you note.
1: All right, let's go.
0: Okay. (laughs) You might be a part of the story someone else tells about the moment their life changed. Show up knowing that.
1: And that is the long and the short of it.